even at a cap level, when things are moving fast early on, it is an unfair thing to ask of most teams to go and set their own price. So you need an investor who wants to set a price. Hello again and welcome. I'm Eric Jorgensen, and I don't know much, but I have some very smart friends. If you listen to this podcast, then no matter who, where, or when you are, you do too. The show explores technology, investing, and entrepreneurship to help you and the rest of humanity create a brighter, more abundant future. This podcast is one of a handful of projects I work on to read my book, blog, newsletter, or invest alongside us in early stage tech companies. Please visit ejorgensen.com. Today, my partners in Rolling Fun are back for part four. These are some of my very favorite conversations, and we have a great time today. We start off talking about crypto, everything that's happening, everything that we think might happen. Then we talk through the investments that we've made for the Q4 portfolio. Then we go through a few updates on prior companies. Then we have a polite disagreement about uncapped convertible notes when they're appropriate, when they're not. Are they always a bad idea? Are they only sometimes a bad idea? And we resolve the ambiguity in a friendly way. Finally, a few minutes on sort of the fundraising progress we made and the positioning that we're sort of finding as a fund, which is an interesting, um, interesting little tidbit, I think. I'm honored that many readers and listeners here have already sort of joined the fund as, as co-investors with us. Uh, you can learn more at rolling.fund, which is linked in the show notes below. Accredited investors can invest with us through AngelList today. And if you have any questions or would like to hear more, please reach out to me through email or DM. I'd love to talk to you about it. Before we get to our conversation, I want to quickly tell you about another podcast. I'm a super fan of the Founders Podcast. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's now my most listened to podcast. I just got the Spotify wrap and it proves it. Um, this is quickly climbing the ranks of my most listening hours. Uh, this used to be a paid podcast. I've said that before on previous sort of episodes and ads, but recently David switched to an ad-based model. So if you search for Founders in any podcast player, you'll find the podcast, you'll find the full episodes um, of the whole archive. It's the white script on the black background. Pick any episode that's Sounds interesting and dive in. David Senra, the host, is a biography reading machine. Uh, he's read hundreds of entrepreneurs' biographies, founders' biographies, and all through history. And this podcast is a solo cast of him sort of talking through his notes, quotes, and key insights from each book. And it's like receiving a phone call from an obsessive friend who's very excited to tell you everything that he learned from the books that he's reading and the documentaries he's watching. And he has this sort of superpower of connecting stories from Steve Jobs, from Andrew Carnegie, uh, from Ed Thorpe, from Charlie Munger. He's an encyclopedia of knowledge. And since we don't all have time to spend 40 hours reading every detail of John D. Rockefeller's whole life story, listening to David's high quality recaps in an hour or so is the next best thing. If you're a fan of my book, uh, David has an episode on the Almanac of Naval. Uh, recently, another that I've been listening to is the essays of Paul Graham. Uh, there's a ton of essays. It took him forever to read them. Uh, and he's got a three-part series where he's talking through the highlights. And I've learned a lot and enjoyed sort of hearing that as a refresh. So check out the Founders podcast. Um, I really enjoy it. David's a great guy. I've done episodes with him in the past um, if you want to learn more about his background. Another sponsor for today is GiveWell. Just in time for year-end tax-deductible donation season, 
A lot of people make donations during the holiday season, end of year. But when you donate, you want to know that your money is going to make an impact. You want to know that the charity is going to be run efficiently, that the money is going to do the most good possible. And that's a hard thing to research unless you use GiveWell.org. Um, they have free research and recommendations about the charities that can have the biggest impact, save the most lives or improve the most lives per donation. Each year they spend tens of thousands of hours researching charitable organizations um, and doing sort of evidence-backed analysis of the opportunities to reach the most the most impact. They've had 100,000 plus people donate uh, more than a billion dollars. And these evidence-based donations say that the impact of that will be saving over 150,000 lives and improving millions more. Um, this is a free service. GiveWell wants as many donors as possible to have the maximum impact and make informed decisions. They publish all their research for free. There's no sign-up required and they don't take a cut. You can just give in an informed way. If you've never donated before, they will match your donation. The first $100, as long as their, their matching funds last. Um, and you can do that by going to givewell.org to source that. Pick a podcast, enter the name of this podcast, or it's in Soundbox when you check out. Then they'll know you heard about it from me, and you'll be able to get your donation matched and, of course, get my ad attributed. Thank you very much for supporting the sponsors who make this show possible. Uh, I'm careful to select sponsors that I only believe, I believe in their products, I enjoy them, I think you will too, and I hope that you truly enjoy learning about them. Now with both ears and everything in between, please enjoy this conversation arriving in three, two, one. Kanye, man, mm. Oof, that poor dude. We're not gonna talk about Kanye, Al. Are we gonna talk about crypto? Yeah, we, 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 I, you got some story out of this, don't you? No, not really. More just it's like lots of story. It's yeah, like you, a yeah. lots of like since our last podcast, crypto has imploded. So like crypto has imploded. <laughs> Larry David is getting sued for playing himself as a crypto skeptic in yeah. a commercial that they paid him to be in. Which right. Is so no. hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like the most Larry David thing that has ever Wait, happened. All right. Yeah. Tell me the story. Well, you know, that FTX commercial where he was being there's yeah, a guy selling crypto stuff to him and Larry David sitting behind his desk. and He's like. No, sounds like a scam. I don't I, think so. Sounds like a scam. I don't like it. But it was for a commercial for them, and they literally have named him in a lawsuit uh, for the whole FDX debacle to say like, "Hey, no, you were on the commercial." So and he was like, "I was literally in a commercial as a skeptic," and they're like, "Yeah, no, no, but you were on the take, and like you, were, <laughs> you were named with many, many other people." Can we get the barista in there um, too? Yeah, yeah, it's a mess. It's a big mess. This is the best curb Dude, enthusiasm. The guys, plot the that guys that have lost real. The billions of dollars, they got to be like, what could we possibly do? To get some money back like that. Like when you lose a billion, what is the, what's in your brain when that happens? Like, who like can I hurt with yeah. me? Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. You know, yes. that's what they always say. People who lost a billion dollars fly to the Bahamas and murder <laughs> SBF. People that lose a billion dollars hurt people that have their billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big mess. Is it, how much do you think it is going to be like, is this the dot com bust moment of crypto that like in 20 years we're going to be like, oh, like that was a blip. Everybody like, on Twitter change, says, no, anything, this is good for us. It does really it really change the long term? Tightens it up. I don't know. It's been shaky enough that like I feel shaken by it. Yeah. I think that this is not like the first one of these. It's do you got, wish like, you would have sold your Bitcoin at 60? I mean, I sold a lot along the way. Yeah. mostly in the high 50s which in hindsight place. makes me seem smarter than i felt at the time when i was like maybe it's going to 500 but maybe it's not i don't know whatever it's a great lesson in self-custody right mm -hmm. like it's pretty wild that like big very safe 
very well respected places where people are like, yeah, yeah, no, I know self custody is a good idea, but it, I can, it's, it's an FTX, so it's fine. Or if it's a block yeah. buy, so it's fine. Or like it all of a sudden is like, this is why the big self custody people are my few bitcoins in Coinbase at risk. I'm going to say at this point, yes, everything is at risk if it's not on some cold storage in your house. But even then, you're still exposed to the price fluctuation. So it's like, you know, the price is lower regardless. Brian Armstrong would say no, because like we hold everything one to one. We're regulated. We're compliant. We're like everything. Yeah, but, but Sam would also have said that yeah, six yeah. months ago. And so so <laughs> yeah. it is just truly and, and BlockFi said it also. And then, you know, yesterday they had their bankruptcy hearing and they were like, well, we actually custody one to one and it's in the Gemini store. And it's like, OK, well, then why can't I transfer my money out? And so, like, I mean, it's messy. It's going to it's definitely going to burn a lot of people. I think that it's maybe not a full reset button, but like in 10 years, does it look like a blip with an 80 percent drawdown? Maybe. Yeah. Or is it like that combined with lack of really tangible use cases? It's like, no, this is different. Like the Internet was still working and growing then. Yep. That's different. Like, show me the good use cases. And then I'll buy it. And it's a little like, you know, it's a little yeah. scarier than that. So I mean, we, we have talked ourselves still like we feel confident still investing in some crypto things that are like very, very long term oriented problem. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like, if it is a company with one of those long term tokens views, as like, holders of a, uh, holders yeah. of value, <laughs> maybe less enthusiastic. Like, I think at a very minimum, it's a great reminder that if you're going to be writing big checks doing some diligence trumps social proof yeah do you feel yeah. uh, do you, like, like that's like did was it wasn't it a16z was the big backer of ftx or who was it i kind of think everybody was at some but, point along the way and so like sure. and like can you write the couple hundred million dollar check and just not verify or like look at the spreadsheet like how does how does that even happen well that was the little letter the sequoia wrote right there was like yeah, it was a big number that we put in, but please remember how many billions of dollars we manage. Like, this is a blip in our whole portfolio. We're still outperforming. Like, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. That was basically well, well, the that, letter they wrote was, LPs. Well, yeah, but like, but like, they shouldn't have been able to write that check without getting deep, yeah. deep in the numbers, right? Like, they wouldn't write yeah. me a check <laughs> for, for, for even especially a, now. For even a few dollars without like getting very aggressive. Yeah, that, that is where I think there are a lot of similarities to like crazy.com boom and bust where like an entire sector, the hotness of the sector trumping seriousness of investors yeah. where it's like, well, of course it's fine because Tom Brady invested and Sequoia yeah. invested and the product exists, and yes, there is revenues. So now we don't care about the price. Thirty-two billion dollar valuation gone to zero in forty-eight hours means that, like, clearly there was like a lack of diligence. Obviously, yeah. but like, I think that's what happens in overheated sectors. Is like all the money goes because when, nobody's when you, willing to do the work, and then yeah. it's like a reminder, like you should probably talk to your founders, for well, once example, you, like before you invest. Once you have like, like three <laughs> people standing in line to write the check, right? Like there's so much pressure yeah. to finish the deal in that first one of like, if I don't, I lose this deal. And well, then you got to make the decision right there. Like, yeah. And it should feel so much different at later stage stuff. Like giving somebody a billion dollars as a series D should be a very, very different level of diligence than like Tom Brady's in and their smart founders. Yeah, that's a thing that I don't think that I have like a great 
feel for because like I know it's true and I know as someone who's gone out to like raise seed rounds, raise A rounds, raise B rounds at each one of those, the expectations from investors like really do change. Yeah. yeah. I've never invested in or been a part of an F round, for example. Right. And so part of me thinks like, my God, the diligence should be going up and up and up and up and up. And they want to be in your office and looking at stuff and quadruple checking everything. And then the reality is it's like, eh, I don't know. It's just a lot of <laughs> the money. The E-Round really covered that. I got it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And yeah. I think I think that's right. Like, yeah. well, they wouldn't be in if that work hadn't already been done. And so everybody assumes the work has been done. And I think that's like a very tricky thing in overheated spaces. I don't think we'll see it again for a while. We'll see it again in our lifetimes for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, also, if you're hiding, like if you're Sam and you're hiding the the reality in there, right? Like it's very easy to to shut down. Like, oh, we want to get in there. And you say, man, look, man, I'm not going to waste my time with this. And they say, okay, well, now it's, we're back to the decision of like, do I be a part of this great story or do I let it go? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like you'll we're going to hear lots of, we've already heard many of them. We'll hear more of, the people who put in a hundred million, a billion, five hundred million, and it basically went to zero. It's harder to find, but I hope we get to hear some of the stories of like we were thinking about putting in two hundred fifty million, and we did not because of this. And I actually hope the LPs and those investors get to hear those stories and been like, "I'm really happy we're with these guys because they <laughs> yeah. did not lose our two hundred fifty million." But those are like hard, like. Nobody wants to brag about the past, right? Because at yeah. the time, they're embarrassed about that past, right? Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. we did not put the money in, whether it's because something didn't smell right or we're a stodgy old investor or whatever. It's like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. You, you kind of keep your mouth shut on a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's not even a good look of you're like dunking on. Like, yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're the guy next to the cemetery stone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deuces, right? like, look. And so I think you don't get to hear a lot of those stories, but I'm sure they were happy. Like yeah. for everybody who lost a nine figure number in that, there had to be a dozen who were the passes who at the time were like, oh my God, I hope we're not missing out on the next literally yeah. trillion dollar company, right? Yeah. We're investing at 32 billion, hoping it goes to a trillion. And instead within a week, it goes to zero. There are a lot of people who have to be like, I have been vindicated. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't tell anyone. Yeah. And that's a crazy dynamic. Yeah. So, but it also means there's still tons and tons of capital out there. There's, you know, great companies going to be built and all that stuff. People will, are going to do more diligence. On I feel like there's so much of that, like, like, you know, you make it through high school and then you get married, but like you see on Facebook, all these exes as as you're like, I didn't, I didn't do that one. And we're like, guys, yes. Nailed it. That's not me. Absolutely nailed it. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) What's stopping you, Al? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Let me write a post. Dear Brittany, (laughs) if I may, I'm the one that didn't go out. (laughs) Yeah. Look at you now. (laughs) Yeah. Now I know what you do with your quiet moments. That's right. That's that's probably what I haven't been on Facebook in a long time, but I feel like that's probably Uh, what's going on there. Not enough of it. It's more just like ads for MLMs in the posts or in the marketplace. But there should be more like, (laughs) to all my exes, Mm. I want to tell you. Do an Ariana Grande on them. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, nice. yeah, it's Great been times. it's been pretty messy. Great I think times. what you said is right. Like, definitely down to look at cool things being built in the blockchain and crypto spaces. I think like it remains super duper early. Is it is this going to look like a dot com bust in twenty years? Where like, yeah, you just had to be in Amazon and Apple and Microsoft and everything worked out great, yeah. and not be in pets dot com, or is it going to be like, hey? This whole space is going to end up serving, you know, big corporations who need to do distributed ledger stuff. I I don't know. I don't know. But like down to see what comes out of this. 
Yeah. Wait, you don't have an answer? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I get I get the sense this is this may be and who knows how long it'll last. Like if these are short cycles, but like the this may be the period like two thousand to two thousand five where like bravery is rewarded through like the slow burn of long term yeah. like perspectives. And I think what we said originally was we want things that are like crypto native like use cases, people who are already in crypto and companies that can work just selling to those or like deep, deep, slow burn infrastructure plays. And well, I mean, we like, love, we love like web, just, just changed it even more towards the web two ladder. entrance in web two entrance into web three was really interesting. Right. Of like, of like, we're taking these use cases that like you have to sign up for the funky wallets and stuff. And now we've made it easy to get to. I think, I think if you remove the financial opportunity that crypto represented and, and force people to like identify the other pieces of crypto that are interesting, like, I think all that still holds true. Right? I, I think the web two, web, like the consumer facing, like not already into crypto stuff is going to suffer for like a while. And like, if you're starting to start one of those now, it's going to be a, a rough road. But if you're like, so I just went to money 2020 and like, there was a ton of very well-funded, big crypto companies selling like crypto custody to existing banks and financial institutions. Like they're sophisticated, they're advanced, they're growing, they are like closing deals. And I think it means we're going to see like, crypto wallets inside your bank account within three years yeah or at least start to get rolled out and like it's interesting to see oh if that's the distribution channel because it's already inside a trusted financial institution regulators already approved it i already have a relationship with my bank like wait why are if you that's laughing? the install point like what well, then think, that's what's that stuff will get added I think on it's top. hilarious because it's like so what we're going to do is reinvent the banking system with the banks <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like oh it's different. It's different we, than what I thought it was going to be. Finally, right? we yeah. decentralized. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to Goldman Sachs. Honestly, like, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happened exactly. in the early internet, though, yeah. too. It was all these like crazy ideologues that were like, oh, good. Like, governments are no longer relevant. Yeah. And like, we won't build commercial enterprises or governments anymore. And all the internet did was like enable the currently existing powerful institutions, create some new ones. But like, yep. it's very likely that crypto will be more, even more so because it's so already regulated, like the financial pieces. I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see it's funny man because like i was talking to a guy yesterday that was like building a a front to gpt3 right like we're like you have to mm -hmm. kind of know how to write the prompts to get stuff out and and it was stable diffusion and and dolly and stuff and like and like being able to come one layer this way to sort of web 2.0 it where you say oh yeah this is what i'm looking for and they say they translate it in a thing that needs to go into the thing to give you the result that you're trying to get yeah i love that sort of idea for starting a company where essentially you're going to look at crypto and say, or, or blockchain and say, I understand how this is going to solve a thing. And it's hard for me to do. And I'm a smart person. Like I'm going to make, I'm going to do the little interface to make it easy. Yeah. And, and if you, I mean, that that's, that's what retail is, right? If you can own the consumer interaction with a product, you're, you're doing a great job. Like go start those companies. Go start them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And we'll, we'll be here and we'll support it. Just don't start companies that are holders of, you know, asset values, <laughs> because that's not, that's Don't not start what we need. Frauds. Right <laughs> There's 40 minutes on, on our, our, uh, our musings yeah. of crypto. Dude, yeah. I like, I love, well, cause I'm, I'm partly here because you guys love this stuff a lot and spend a lot of time and energy in it. And so I'm, I'm, I've been very curious to hear the debrief on it because I just see what's yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So nice. Very cool. Uh, so, wait, does he go to jail? SPF? Yeah. I don't know. I've loved watching like New York Times talk about him. Like, oh, this poor guy. Yeah. 
lost his money again. And it's like, wait, wait. I mean, he might did he defraud everybody? He might just like John McAfee and just like stay in the Bahamas forever until like start his own militia. You know, (laughs) that was great. I don't think Sam makes it out alive. Really? That's what I think. I think think too. I think you think gets murdered. I don't know. I think he. You think he gets silk roaded? uh, Maybe. Like I think jail is definitely inbounds. If he can get that far, I think he's going to have a tough go, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's wild that he's remained like active on Twitter and stuff like completely wild. Yeah. Like like he's he, having a he, yeah. Meltdown. Like went on a podcast and stuff. It's like, Hey guys. Yeah. He's it's whatever. It's going to be a great movie when they make the movie. Yeah. Can you believe Michael Lewis has been following him around for six months? I, it's going to be an, oh, I cannot wait to read the Michael Lewis book. It's going to yeah. be fantastic. I cannot wait. Unbelievable. I saw somebody tweet like Jonah Hill better already be gaining weight and growing his hair out. I can't wait to see <laughs> oh, yeah. this yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's go. No, I've seen, I've seen Ryan Gosling as Sam with a hilarious thing. <laughs> like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great drama if nothing else. So yeah, happy yeah. to get to see that. I think Joe Lowe is still like at large on an internet on a yacht in international waters. Sure, the, yeah. the billion dollar whale. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Book. Still waiting for that movie. That's, mm, mm. Yeah, Jonah Hill better start gaining weight and growing his hair out for that one too. Yep, mm. the Malaysian prince. Yep, yeah. Come on. He'd, He'd be, be pretty perfect. good. So would Bobby Lee. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be real. I just want Jonah Hill and everything. I, <laughs> yeah. He's earned it. Yeah. yeah. No, he's great. All right. Do we have other life or news updates? Do you have, do you have a town update, Mayor Down? No, no town updates okay. of which to speak. Just had a nice Thanksgiving. That's all I was, all I was doing, yeah. man. Did you cook? No, we went, well, a little, a little, I guess. No, I mean, just traveling with, with yeah. three boys. Nice. Man, dude, I had my first time. Like, we got home. We flew home. Get in the car. I didn't realize that it had been like six hours since these dudes have eaten. Oh. And so we get in the car and it's just like, (laughs) and I go to hit the drive through and I'm like, I'd like three kids' meals. And they're like, (laughs) (laughs) and the poor lady up in the front is like, I'm so sorry. I roll down the window. She's like, (laughs) and I'm like, this never happens. Please give me food. I'll do anything. It's like, oh, it's like the movies, yeah, parenting. Yeah, yeah. It's great. My only PSA regarding Thanksgiving is that if you don't brine your turkeys and you and you roast, you're doing it wrong. Oh, you yeah. got to get, oh, yeah. got to get that brine. Don't blame the turkey Do for you know your laziness. I've been, into? I've been into the Cajun turkey smoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make a second one just for sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to. Yeah. How's the sandwich feed? The sandwich feed is strong. Yeah. The sandwich feed oh, is strong. Al is constantly guilting me about the quality of my sandwich feed relative to my updates about <laughs> no, <laughs> portfolio I, companies. No, I'll say, I'll say man, I, we, <laughs> our fund would probably be doing better if you put as much Twitter effort <laughs> into our investments and updates as you do into that sandwich feed because that sandwich feed is on fire. It is fire. It's it's Yeah, I work hard on it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> I got a lot of good people are just like texting me photos of their sandwiches after Thanksgiving. This is some very oh, impressive that's specimens. That's great. Oh, that is great. Yeah. Sausage wrapped in bacon. I got a buddy, Derek, who makes the moist maker and he like soaks the middle piece of bread in gravy. It's like, how do you get the, the gravy to maker? stay on the sandwich? It's good. Wasn't that your nickname? I'll show you. Do we show you the picture? Do we have an orange maker? I way into that and I couldn't finish. It was just slow pitch softball. Just laying it out. Yeah. It's too easy. Bo's currently buying a domain. Google domain. Moistmaker.com seems like a thing that we should at least know. Glenn Beck owns that already. Come on. Let's see. Moistmaker. Oh, my God. Mm. All right. So while we do that, while Bo does that, Al, do you want to start some investment updates? Yeah, I really do. Some Q4, uh, some Q4 magic. Our first, our first one was 
Tom oh, yeah. So this is this is who we're writing checks into in Q4. Yeah, this is the Q4 portfolio to date. We got three of them, and Tonic Audio is the first. Yeah, which yeah. Is so, your, so your Tonic fun. Audio. These are some friends of mine, Ethan and Allison Jennings. I know, I know Allison for like a decade or more, and then I've stayed at their house and eaten wings with them in Reno. They are good people. Allison, Allison was an ecom guru in the beginning, and then and then she's a developer that has built like great, great things that people use all the time. And then she went into Pinocchio, which was an internet of things company that she built and did fantastic with. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how the outcome was, but she, she was like designing hardware on my couch in in Missouri when they, when uh, she was out visiting and it was awesome. And so now she's back doing another one and she and her husband, Ethan, and they're, it's, they're both musicians and they're, fantastic musicians love the music space and they came with a problem that like they'd been staring at about like collaborating on writing a song and making and, and making music is kind of a pain you're still sending files back and forth to each other and you're messing around with dropbox and trying to you know it's sort of like is the a github for songs would have been nice sort of thing and so they took they took blockchain sort of approach to to writing music and determining contributions and simplifying, you know, feedback and results and all that stuff into music making and the rock and roll. And they just got through the tech stars over in London and are building great stuff. And so super, super stoked to be backing them and, and like, just honestly, like great, great human beings that I love chomping in with and like figuring stuff out. And so they've been fun. You can t- check them out, tonicaudio.com. Go sign up and be on the wait list and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a cool. I remember my first impression was kind of like, oh, no, is this is this sound like are we starting with just SoundCloud? Like, is this a better SoundCloud with like some revenue stuff attached to it? And they're like, no, no, no. This is like collaboration and creation tools. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Like GitHub version control, contribution management, like all for audio and, and not just songs, but like podcasts, right? Like producing I think a podcast a great is example of like blockchain still solves a lot of problems right like yeah. we should be using this tech in a lot of ways that, that make lives better and this is one of those that like yeah it does exactly that and i think this is a cool like we might have a as we look back at like what companies won in the like blockchainification of stuff i think we might end up with like a come for the tool stay for the network kind of thing where it's like a company that is massively useful a tool that is useful on its own like this that is like oh we just use it for collaboration for years before we actually like bothered with the monetization like revenue driving yeah. like piece it'd be really interesting well that really was what, what was exciting it's like it's like we don't have to dream of the future mm-hmm. they solve a problem today yep that that you get to go get behind and then all the other stuff that's coming al- down the pipe is what's exciting to us and so yeah, yeah. it's cool i'm excited to use it for podcast production honestly yeah, like seriously there's a lot of remote teams building podcast stuff like i'm not as familiar with the music industry but i am certain that the remote well, it's wild. They, were, stuff is... they were explaining to me like and i got a couple guys that are producers that i that i i talked to as well and they confirmed this but it's like there's like 50 iterations that'll happen on a song you know same as like a a, a document before google docs yeah. where you're like you're like wait final final with my initials like i have no idea which one we're supposed to be working out of and yep. you're just emailing back and forth and hoping that you don't pick up the wrong one while somebody else is working on it and so and that's solved with simple version control but version control in a way that you can actually use and fits in the workflow is is hard to do yeah this is one that i think is it is a kind of company that i love where it's like this is obviously going to exist yeah right and then the question is like 
yeah, but who's going to build it? And when somebody like you, Al, comes through and is like, I know these people and I love these people, it's like, okay, fantastic. Yeah. That's <laughs> such an easy bet to make. I think that's going to obviously exist. Is it going to be in one year, two years, or 20 years? Who knows? But the right people working on it are going to manifest it sooner than later. And then the bet is really like awesome people pull off great things like that. Yeah. So it's a kind of a no brainer. So I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. Where are they based? Reno. Okay, cool. Dude, they're like, if you ever get through Reno, go crash with them, man. They are the best and like nice. the greatest hosts. So, so good. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, we're going to go to Tahoe in a couple of weeks. So I'll be flying through, no, you, flying uh, through Reno. I love I mean, flying into Reno is terrifying. That's a hard airport to fly into because like the Valley and stuff, but, but great food. Like cool. Reno's so overlooked as a, as a, as a gem in the, well, there's really only two gems in the Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Elko is, is, is complaining, but like, you know, you get to Reno. It's still a good time. You have a great spot. Nice. I had somebody ask us the like LPs that we were talking to and they're like, oh, are you are you like a Midwest access fund? And I was like, I don't think so, but let me go check. And so I like ran through all our portfolio companies, the investments we made so far. And I was like, actually, we only have one in the Midwest. Like we, like, do, we do. I mean, our networks should produce a lot more in the Midwest, right? Like I, I think we're, we're probably non San Francisco and New York focused, right? Not, not, not deliberately focused, but like but like those ones have plenty of people investing in them. And I like Lumos out of New York, right? It's a buddy. That's that's our network pulled us there. But like most of our stuff is like, yeah, like a Reno, I don't think counts as San Francisco, right? Yeah. Or a or a, a an Austin, With, Texas isn't mm, that yet. Utah, Miami, Denver, Atlanta, LA, yeah, a couple good, in the Bay. All good spots, you know. A couple in nice Europe. Places. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but I never love the funds that are like, we're just we only invest in like this one specific geography. That's just like not yeah, how networks those guys. work anymore. At least not with no, no, I agree. I think, the, the, I think that's one of those like Twitter. Where where do your deals come from? Yeah. And your deals come from like people you know and Twitter. And those are just yeah. honestly, it feels like weirdly outdated to be regional. Yeah. If you have worked in tech for more than ten years at this point and been moving and been writing and been yeah. podcasting, like that's just I do. I mean, there's some that like like if we were Kansas City focused, right? Trying to pull more people out of this ecosystem and maybe giving a few more shots to people that that wouldn't otherwise get it. But the ones like. It's a it's a completely different fund. That's not a fund yeah. for a monster return. That's a fund to try and improve an ecosystem yeah. yep. that doesn't exist yet, right? And we're we're clearly focused on with the monster return fund on big swings that we Let's think go, we think can make it back. Yeah. It's such a fun. I like really our only filter we put on is can this one hundred x? Yeah, right? and if we believe it can, and it, and we can justify that, and we like the people, it's doable. Yep. Yeah. yeah. This is the way. Our next 100x candidate is, is a beautiful transition. Stell Engineering. I'm very excited about this one. Go on. Okay. So <laughs> the the two co-founders, Mallory and Anne, met at Harvard Business School where they were co-presidents of the Aerospace Club. What dorks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love to invest in nerds. Yes. Like Mallory has been at Andrel, Raytheon, Airbus, and she's she was at Hadrian and like just left to start this company. She was like the first PM hire at Hadrian who's like manufacturing precision parts. I feel like you're just showing companies. off at that point on the resume where it's like, I was at all of these and this one. She's and just making it one. easy to invest in her. That's, That's great. great. No, we're not mad about easy. that. Yeah. Clearly. But those, that is like the exact background you want to have. Cause she like, so cell engineering yeah, is going to basically yeah, no, like sell. If you were writing a movie and we're like, what should it say? Uh, like, yeah. You just write that in there and be like, like, if you started with just, here's the company idea, like who can you get to make this thing most successful? Like, Mallory and Anna. Were you a co-president with anybody in college? No, no. I wasn't. I was the, a vice uh, president of a, of a math club. 
and vice to the to the Filipino president, my roommate Manny, very nice man, but a great but vice love, president now. But would love to start a company and, and just lead with like I, I, being. I was a vice president of math club with this guy. I just love that as the headline. I don't think she would lead with that, but I thought no, it was like no, the right way to introduce the concept. That as the thing yeah. that's like, they are awesome because they were co-president of the aerospace club. You got to know that the founders know each other well and have yeah, worked yeah. together before. You got to know that they know the space. I'm going like, to venture to say they're smart. much cooler than what you're representing. I'm I'm certain I'm certain that they are. No, they're both they're both wonderful wonderful people and the concept I really I like the idea and what they're going to do because it's just very like firsthand observing through their careers how much hardware engineers struggle to like find and work with product specs to build shit. Like there's a lot of cads out there, there's a lot of but like the product requirements and specs are all in like PDFs that people are emailing around that like Raytheon wrote in 1995. And people are like searching for the stuff. So they're taking like all of that cruft, digitizing it, making it like searchable, easy, but condensable. Is this, is this similar to like, I'm trying to buy a piece for my John Deere tractor and I look up the diagram and you can't click on anything in the diagram and you're trying to see if that's actually the one you need and you're not and sure. And you want to be sure that it's the right year. And, you and you to, you're be going sure, through yeah. thousands of pages of PDF. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is that a great idea. For hardware engineers specifically in yeah. like this deep tech. Dude, um, you can imagine how, fr like, I know how frustrating that is just to reorder lug nuts for a, for a oh, wheel. Yeah. yeah. And like... <laughs> Zoom into like an, a plane with all of those schematics and trying to like yeah. interact with that would be in. You're paying hardware engineers like hundreds of thousands of dollars a <laughs> year to build satellites and you're like, wait, you have a launch pad on the way because you can't find the right part to have a thing. Like, how much would you pay to when solve you know, that problem? You know, like in my head, I'm like, well, for sure they have it all figured out. They wouldn't yeah. be doing this same bull yeah. crap as I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, no, they, they do. They live yeah. in the same world. And she's like, let me show you like the problem. Here is the PDF. Here's the sticky notes. Here's like the garbage that we're dealing with, like as PMs in this world. And I'm like, oh, damn, like that is yeah. uh, that is so much worse than I thought. And the, the, like, so the problem is very real. I think it's like unsexy hard work to like digitize a ton of PDFs. There's a but there's a bunch of customers and then they, they can kind of do this really cool. Like I think that's a great beachhead actually to like work backwards into like supplier relationships where they're now the proprietary providers of that information. Now they got a little bit of Bloomberg and then they've got like, when you, oh, we're then the perfect place to like win this ERP business. So like I, I see well, a path you, to them being like a really, really huge company. Be the preferred method, right? Like, yep. like once that exists and, and you're still over here paging through PDFs, you just say to your guy constantly like, Freaking make my life easier. Save me thousands of hours a year and just give me this software. And how many times have you like gotten a slag from an engineer who's like, hey, can I buy this thing? It'll save me like 10 hours a week. And you're like, yes. Old. Yep. Buy immediate. So yeah, I think that's a cool. And, and I love like we are in this space with a ton of like tailwind. Like space is taken off. Deep tech hardware is taken off. There's all these like money and growth I in this space. people are going to be building more stuff with engineers. Yeah, safe we, bet. Safe bet. Safe we bet. should we yeah. should we should uh, go into this. Yeah. But we're also not like taking that massive like like it's a B two B SaaS business model with exposure Wait, to all of those tailwinds. These were referred by Everest Brady, who's an LP. Yeah, and, like, I mean, he, he is like winning the trophy for most LP referrals. Dude, I love I love he a referral. Crush. And he's That's he's great. at Hadrian, so like he saw Mallory, like his coworker, leaving to start this company. He's like, dude, you should go meet Mallory. Everest, like, much yeah. love, much yes. love. That's amazing. Thank dude, you. I, that, that's the, that's the perfect way to pull people. <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. see it happening, you say, no, I back. I'm in a fund. Yep. They should totally look at this. This is great. Yep. I have proprietary knowledge of what's happening. Let's go. Yeah. And it's, I, I like Josh Wolf has a thing about this of like the place that we find the next great company is like the edge of the last round of great companies that we found. It's like, oh, yep. This is like somebody at a 
growing amazing company like Hadrian, super cool, who's like leaving to start a thing that Hadrian needs to continue to grow, like money. Yeah, that's great. Yep. I love that. It's also made us think harder, a little harder about like, there's actually the, the next company is also an LP referral. And it's been like, how do we work with and reward LPs who like bring us yeah. the companies that well, we first, do we, do we a poinsettia? Do we? Do we I was gonna say, do we have the best LPs? We do maybe have the best we, LPs. Maybe we have the best LPs. I mean, you got you got go. him an edible arrangement, didn't you? He said, "Thank you." It's a seasonally appropriate <laughs> arrangement. Is is the first thing that you would I, get? I vote a box of pears. They're just delicious. <laughs> you get the one wrapped in gold. It's a nice thing to open. This is the third time today that Al has mentioned pears. I don't know why I, Al is. I have a pear like, tree. I eat pears. I have a pear, pear pie. He needs I a pear can pie. pears. I eat them fresh. I'm a big fan. You've got a pear. <laughs> He's the Bubba Gump of pears. <laughs> Amazing. I didn't know. I didn't know that's what we were in business with. But Harry and David and I like and pear Al. pie. I like pear jam. I like a peach pie. I like this. <laughs> So I, I talked to Angelist about about the like what can we do to reward them as above and beyond poinsettias and edible arrangements, which ever someone need your address. But rolling funds make it really easy for us to share carry on a deal by deal basis. So we have not like done math on specifics yet, but I think we're going to institute a policy of like carry share with referring LPs. If you do some of that legwork, we want to give you a big high five. Yeah, a, a big high five and hopefully a big check eventually. It's the um, same thing in my world. Yeah. <laughs> A high five full of money. Yeah, like, yeah, there you right. go. Yes. I, I mean, I think it, it's a cool thing to be able to say, like, it, ideally, if you refer us a deal, like, we can write a bigger enough check maybe than some people can individually that you, like, make more money by referring and sharing carry with us than you could investing, you know, five or 10,000 of your own money. And and that because of the LP, like, Angelus already has all the LP paperwork. Old and, and broken, stuff, like, scouts. New hotness, shared carry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, for for apparently a bunch of reasons, like they make it pretty easy on us, yeah. and all the accreditation stuff is already done. Like it's pre it's pretty rad. Send us your people. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's just like good, like that's good karma to reward. I know boats like talk, like refer to. I mean, we all have referred yeah. deals to investors who probably made a bunch of money, and the companies are better off, and that's all great and gravy. But and like, they sent us a poinsettia <laughs> if we're lucky, and the seasonally. I, you don't even get like honestly, you don't even get follow ups on most times. You like send an intro, like yeah, you're lucky to get a hey, I had a conversation with them, and they did great. Yep. Like we're we're yeah. really excited about it, kind of thing, without following up individually. But yeah, I think this is a this is a cool deal, and it just feels like the right thing to do. Yep. Well, you're a man of few words today. I'm just gonna. Say, well, you did give us a lot of crypto. Bo's trying not to incriminate himself, unlike no, no, Al no, no. I, I, I like, I like, I like this a lot. I think when your LPs work as scouts for you because it's good for them and good for you, and you can get those incentives aligned, it is like a thing that I'm actually like super duper excited about. So like, I think us yeah. figuring out how to make it super easy for LPs and much props to Everett and. Everest, um, I think Everest also, like Everest. a mountain. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Everest. His Twitter um, bio is like just trying to live up to his name. And I think Mark actually on this next one also yeah. referred it to us who's an LP, which is like that feels really like the engine starting well, to turn in the right Well, it's ways. cool too if you like you kind of check into us, use us like we're sort of, we're not we're not like a uh, self directed you know charity fund or something, but like but like you put money in, have a say in where it goes. We're one hundred percent open to. To ideas and connections and all that stuff. And it's a good way to have like uh, I mean, a lot of the LPs. Also, Eric takes most of those meetings. So it like impacts <laughs> us very little. We, we say, yeah, absolutely. 
Talk to Aaron. Uh, we, we have a bunch of LPs who have said like, you know, th this is part of me like learning to angel invest more and I want to be a part of a few funds and like learn who does what and why. So like, you know, what will I learn for being a part of this? And, and individual companies are actually a really great way to like have some of those conversations. Like Everest has sent me a bunch and sometimes we chat through and it's kind of like, hey, this is actually like not that exciting for me for these reasons. He's kind of like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Got it. Or this one is really exciting and here's why. So it's a good way to kind of like interact and have stuff to talk about and move forward. NCN is another- Tell, tell us about NCN. Yeah, I, I, I'm still not quite NCN. sure how to pronounce it. I'm going with NCN. NCN. N-S-I-O-N. They, so they're referred by Mark Bidwell, who's a, who's a LP. He's also like a board member of this company and has invested a lot and worked, done a lot of work with them personally. So very high like signal on that one for sure. And this is a special, special round because it was sort of like we are the only institution and we're the only like people outside the company who got to invest in it and it's because he's an LP. So he's like, hey, we're doing this. Like you guys want to put a little money in because it's an insider round is an absurd valuation deal. I think good, good, absurd. Yeah, good, absurd. Uh, they're Not making money. They're doing a great job and they're giving us a very generous valuation. I yeah, think. like it is like a late seed level of company robustness and maturity for a like a very pre-seed sort of valuation. So I'm excited about it. I think their, their tech is really cool. And it's a bunch of like people who are have been in the industry a long time. Like this is not a young kid startup. These are like seasoned execs, builds a board, got customers and government contract customers. So the, the tech itself is this software infrastructure for streaming video between any devices and any network quality. So their, their market specifically is these like critical communications. So security, military, police, fire and the cool like the best way to sum it up is like video is the new radio like everybody you see with like a radio over their shoulder like that's going to be a body cam and there's like streaming video all the soldiers are going to have it like it is just a total sort of upgrade to all so, that stuff so is this just like a tricaster for it's no uh, hardware it's software only okay. i don't know what a tricaster is but i just well, so corrected you as like, though i did like when bo goes to a to a basketball game that his kids playing and he sets up a couple cameras you got a thing oh, on yeah. the ipad like switch between it it's the software it's not the ipad right yep. but it's but it pulls in all the streams and then lets you sort of create a, a streamer dashboard yep that consumes all those whether it's an iphone you know a, a drone or yep. like body some, cam. a body cam yeah. yeah some dude running around yeah and so i think like if you think of the, the tailwinds of this company as like the number of drones and body cams sending feeds to phones, iPads, command centers, like yeah. in, in, and you need like any network quality, instant variability, like lives are at stake. Like that but, is a well, critical, it's funny, critical man, you, thing. You think of this, like data makes a lot of sense, right? Like, like I remember, what was it? Gnip did, they normalized the Twitter feed. So you could just be like, oh, from this guy to this guy, like yeah. they made a bunch of money sitting as just normalizing the speed so that APIs could interact with it. You take that to video and it's like different bandwidths, different formats, different all that. Great. You're going to normalize it into one thing and let me write my program against this so that I can just say, oh, yeah, I want to see this thing. And I don't have to think about anything else. There's a ton of money to be made. A ton right of now. money. It's a hard engineering problem. And so many of the customers are like big governments, organizations that I think it takes like a team with this sort of level of maturity and experience. And do they need any help? Uh, they so I have a. A drone, I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can beta test. Um, no, I mean this is cool. kind of the best part. This this feels more like a Series A yeah. uh, sort of stage company that's just doing a little bridge from their seed. Yeah, so we're getting in an evaluation that's like within our params. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, the, the big debate we had over like, is how big can this thing get? And so I think it's kind of a slam dunk, like 20 to 50 X, which is like a bold statement, but like risk adjusted, all things being equal. Like it is a very robust early, early guys, stage we company. Are pre-rich. Pre-rich again. Guys, for um, sure. But I think the the like next leg up that is is cool and where they might potentially sort of take another order of magnitude is like the value of what can get laid on top of that video feed. So if you think about all the computer vision stuff, all of the AI, like image recognition, instant communications, it can get like fired off. Like the video feed itself, if you can deliver it and if you are sort of the owner of it, can become really, really can become a platform, I think, honestly. And, like it? that's a cool thing to see. Was it, wasn't there like, there's a guy that did a TV show that was just like, like sort of built around the live feed, fire and ambulance. There's a, you know what I'm talking about? Cops. There's, there's cops. <laughs> no, there, there's another one that's like, that's like, it's I don't like, think we're talking about is it live streaming it, battlefield footage. No, it's like footage. a crisis <laughs> management thing where like. Reno 911. No, oh, man. <laughs> I was thinking more like Minority Report. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's more Minority Report and less Reno 911. Although I did learn on this podcast that Reno's a lovely town, so yeah, I don't know. Very, yeah. very nice. Is it true that this is our first European investment? Isn't it true? Isn't it? pretty? Yeah, I think so. Pretty true. We, we have had, we've invested in European founders Would before, but I think this is the first European headquarters. Are we focused on Europe? Are um, we are we a global fund? I would now? say we're, we accept. <laughs> yes, we are now Rolling Fund International. Guys, yes. Also, yes. W- w- by buying dinner with the the fund fees, we are professional investors. Did you know that? Hey, way to go, I guys! Mean, I mean, we technically we have all right. We have accepted money for this. Yeah, yeah uh, we're you know I didn't want to call it a full time job, but it's a job. <laughs> And we're professionals. And yeah. we're professionals. Do they so, pay us money to do this? Absolutely. And now that we've do. invested in in Ensign, I think we can also say that we're officially saving lives. Oh, I've been saying that all along. Oh, okay. The, all right. the kitchen knobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we they do. actually legit. Yeah. All right. Well, this is not the first time we've saved lives, but it is. Yeah, yeah. We are Eight adding time. to our total. Absolutely. Repeat. Lifesavers. Repeat lifesavers. Um, Guilty. No, Mark, Mark told me a cool a cool story about the the, the Finnish police already using Ensign to they, they like had drone footage. They were apparently in Finland, like it gets dark really early because they're so yeah. far north. No. Yeah. And the whole thing is just a forest. What? And so people like just get lost all the time no. in the forest as like cats get lost off trees and they gotta what? like go find them before they freeze because right. Finland's terrifying. So they're just like flying over huge swaths of land with drones as quickly as they can to like scan it and okay, use that's actually, to that's like actually cool if like you can use the infrared jam this thing over and you're yeah. gonna like it's it. not like waiting on humans to recognize stuff. It's kind of like look for any infrared signal that is like above a certain size. And, and like you drive your things as fast as you can across yeah. thousands of miles of stuff. Yeah. Super rad. Yeah. Can we call them if I ever get lost? Find like, Al. I know. We, can we can we borrow your drone? <laughs> hey, Siri. <laughs> Al's got a big enough lot to get lost in his own land yeah. and yeah. freeze. No, uh, one time like, one time I was driving my tractor and my uh, you know the emergency SOS stuff that happens yeah. on your phone when you push the button too long. So like I didn't hear it. I'm just out there cruising with my son, like mowing trails. And it like goes, calls 911. They try and call my phone. Of course, it's always on silent. So I don't, and it goes right to voicemail. Then it sends a text to like my sister and my mom and my wife. That's like, Al's having an emergency. <laughs> Here's his location. Go to him. And so like, I, I don't think anything of it. I pop out of my, I pop out of this trail and my wife 
is in the minivan driving through the field, like <laughs> just wow. comes plowing and like tears running. She's got the babies thrown in the back. She's like, are you okay? I got this text. I was like, hey, what? What's going on? My sister comes flying in with her husband from 20 minutes away. Like they're going 100 miles an hour down the road. Like, we're going to come save you. My mom didn't even read the text. <laughs> Good riddance. But, uh, but I was like, I got to turn that off, man. That was like, I am so sorry. I'm not dead. Sorry you couldn't call me. I have a brush hog going on my track. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my God. So if you, call in to you next time. Not my sister. <laughs> Can I put them as a merchant? I'm not sure content? we can help with that. Did, no, just give me the CEO's that might number. Just be a I'm going to issue. <laughs> I want the drone to come find me. Yeah. Al's fine. Yeah. yeah next time, Dre will just fly the drone out. <laughs> oh, Al's lost. Yeah. 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 I like that. That'd be cool. I did not know that's how that feature worked. I've seen that thing before. Yeah. Never no, gotten to the, never gotten to the, like it actually fires. Oh, off you keep anything. going. Calls 911, which is just like in our place. It's, it's like, hey, it's Billy. Can <laughs> I, here, you need a thing? Yeah. And they, they called me back and like nothing happened. So they did nothing. <laughs> I was like, good. Also, mm, we yeah. know. Then it yeah, sends yeah. text with your location, everybody, and they freak out. Okay. So, all right. Now you know. <laughs> the more you know. Also, the more you know about our portfolio updates. Yeah. Hey. Okay. So a couple, couple companies are killing it. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> We're only going to tell you about the companies killing it. Wait, we have one that's not killing it. Stable Gains. Right. Stable gains is unironically. Yeah. Stable, stable gains was the staking. You know, we take we take ACHs to stake money against you know crypto assets and help you get those returns. They got caught in the Luna blow up. They got caught. Yeah. Unstable losses. You could not. So you could not ask. Branding. You could not ask somebody to like be a more class act through the, the yeah. implosion of their company. Yeah. Like they, they did a fine job was, you know, literally just on the wrong track. Yeah. Camilla and Miller are doing great They're I mean, they are honorably discharging their duties but it does look like that that capital is, that company's not gonna be left with any capital yeah. probably the legal and regulatory compliance yeah. stuff is just like dwindling them down and they're <laughs> looking for the exit ramp it was our minimum check size so like i'm gonna give the sequoia line and say like we're okay other companies in that corner are doing great that yeah. is not how we hope that would go but it's that's a very very early phase. stage investing you're supposed to lose money on many investments eight, eight of the do, ten so. are supposed to go yeah at yeah, least yeah. six of the ten so, so like this yeah. is in the right um, category we were early we tried a thing it didn't work that's fine yep. yep knowing everything we knew then i would do this deal again yep. and also doing everything we do now we would never do this deal <laughs> so like that means we got smarter in the process and that's part of the goal much props to those yeah. to those folks and excited to see what they go do next yep but on the plus side let me tell let's you. look at something more positive gently.com oh, oh come, come on, on al more oh. positive oh, positive foods <laughs> come on that's oh, oh, bump set oh. and then i went and got lunch <laughs> 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 it just fell <laughs> <laughs> Al's got low blood sugar. He's hungry. Oh, it's been man. it's been forty five minutes since he <laughs> ate something, so he's fading. Look, I'm a big guy. There's a lot of fuel in this body. Positive foods. This is our buddy Skyler, who they're they're killing it. They're doing a great job. What was I mean? Their update, like big up into the right graph, but they're they're slowly rolling out new stuff. They are in Whole Foods now. I think they took over the salad bar for some of their regional Whole Foods, which is really exciting because that's like that's much easier to manage than like one-off inventory pieces. And so they have less spoilage. Uh, they also were had some update to their algo that like reduced spoilage on their normal stuff to like 11% where the industry average is like 
40%. Yeah. And so doing an excellent job there, making more money while while losing less is a great spot to be. So good for them. And they they did their series A. Was that is that new between the last podcast? I think one? so. Yeah. So they they they've moved into their series A. It's just a cool team and it's such a cool product to like be excited about, man. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, everybody in America can eat fresh food every day because we're gonna solve the supply chain issues. Great. Yeah. Um, also, they write great investor updates. They do write great investor really, updates. Really, really, really good investor updates. So yeah. that's, that is one of those, when you're on the investing end, you really appreciate it. When you're on the founding end, sometimes a lot of people are like, oh, I got to do another one of these. But like props to them for being like thorough and clear and really, really. Well, it's always very satisfying when you make, like when you have, yeah. a, you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, we made money again. Nailed it. It's <laughs> actually, actually, all of the companies that we're going to talk about write good investor updates because yeah. that's how we know what's happening. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we can yep. tell you a few companies. We have no idea. Yep. Um, Looking at you, Dusk. <laughs> <laughs> the shade gets just like slightly stronger every podcast. <laughs> Omela also like not just up into the right, but like step function up into the right. Yeah, like, literally like we figured something out. Yeah. The, part of that is, I think it's seasonal, like the back to school stuff is a big jump for them. But like, yeah, a lot more, a lot more organizations starting, a lot more micro schools, a lot more. Wait, remind remind me what Omela does. Omela is a platform for mission driven sort of organizations. So like HOA is probably a bad example of a <laughs> mission driven organization. Churches, micro schools, sports leagues, I think are sort of their like bread and butter right now, but they make it like really, really easy to collect information and money from a wide variety of families. So, people, so your kids going on a field trip and you need 26 of them to pay you money. Yep. You it use is 10x, 10x better at least than Venmo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the, that it is replaces the, like Venmo spreadsheet, sticky notes, like the chaos salad that goes with like regular money collection from a large group. Trying um, to update your spreadsheet when yeah. you see that payment come in. Yeah. Blah, it's blah, really blah. clean. They're smart. They're growing. These dudes yeah. you bet on every day of the week. Yeah. I just got an email from them that launched new features. Like <laughs> they, they, they write great updates. Yes, they write great updates. Excellent. Every the first of the month, every single time. Like, here's our KPI, here's our progress, here's like three bullet points. It's it's uh, money. Um, yeah. And, and this is like this is the whole thesis. Like Brett is such an amazing, like yep. customer driven. Yeah. Like product iterator. And this was your buddy, right? Eric's buddy. I knew, I mean, I knew him through Eric maybe prior even to yeah, I think you guys met a couple times. On. Yeah. Um, um, good network, yeah. Eric. But yeah, Brett and I went to college together. He's and like this is what he did with Remind too. He's just like you were just telling us how much you hated going to college with Brett. That's so weird that he yeah, is not. I remember that. I remember that actually. It was just right before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't turn it on yet, but yeah, it's so weird. That he's I, one of our best I think one. Brett is one of those where if he decided he wanted to shut this down tomorrow and start another one, it would be like a cool. Can we invest? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll come along with Brett every day doing anything. Yeah, yeah. He's he is awesome. And another step function was gently. Too. They yeah, just, they have been shipping like crazy. No, the, well, it's funny because we invested in them as two people, in, you know, two people in an email alerts product. Yeah, yeah, with a different like, name, I think. Even. And then they with raised, a different name ten months ago. Yeah. Then they raised a couple million bucks and like started building a team. And it's like, oh man, two plus five. This is great. They're doing great. So they're hiring, doing a good job. Product looks cooler and cooler. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, it's yeah. But literally, their their usage went like. From, you know, it's a nice little trajectory to like a steep jump yeah. that they were excited about. We are too. They should get a huge holiday bump too, I would guess. I bet. Yeah, I bet. And, oh. and again, oh, Gently is sec- the secondhand aggregators. So like it, you go there to search amongst Poshmark and eBay and, you know. Up- real, real. Yeah, yeah, real, real. And all those, all those sites where people are going to list stuff and they do the hard work of like identifying what a, what that item is associating it with the actual product so you can say i want to i want to follow when pair of boots this specific 
pair of boots from size Red 14 Wing. high heel goldfish Go, once those show up Al. send me a note and i'll look yeah. at it every time and it just yep. it looks everywhere and sends you that or and shows you that stuff which well, is and they, cool. the alerts is where they started but they now have like platform like they're building like the searchable sort of explore pages and like they're iterating close like their vision is like amazon for secondhand yep. like to be the marketplace and i think alerts is like such what's, a smart what's place magic to start. Is they're like we don't ever want to be the marketplace yeah. we just want to aggregate all these guys and yeah. let them do the they, hard they work make money like, every time you click yeah, through and that's right purchase other stuff i w- i'm gonna buy you guys christmas presents through through gently.com okay that's my that's my mm, resolution good feel in. free to join I'm in. in i'm in no in. pressure mm, i'm I'm going to buy something else. <laughs> I'm going to get you the secondhand moist maker. So. <laughs> I did learn just so we, while we're on this guys, I did learn that moist makers currently owned moistmaker.com. What? By what, a band. What it? It's now my new favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make that the outro music. Today, yeah. the moist, moist maker. Like, well, let's see if we can license that real quick. Anything else on gently? Like, like they're just growing like crazy. Please, dude. It's, use them, it, it's so stuff. it's so fun when you like. I mean, this is with, with anything, but when you throw money into a thing, you're like I don't know. Yeah, it's my. I think that like I like the idea. It makes sense to me. Let's go, and then it like works. You're just like, oh, it's happening. We're watching a company happen well, and yeah. fast, right? Yeah. Like they they have the they have like the web two dynamic of like the consumer web piece where we're like you hit the right vein, you find the right audience, and it kind of goes. Like yeah. this is not an old company. Mm-hmm. It's not. It is. It is. It frankly, it feels very different to me than like the the you know what what's in stock for stell engineering yeah like hey we're betting on a couple of really smart people who really understand the space but we know this is going to be a grind over Mm -hmm. years to turn it into this is one of those where it's like oh hey right (laughs) out of the gate off to the races yeah let's go guys so it's it's cool to see those different kind of companies in the portfolio i think oh every time i get there and about updates i'm like yeah yeah those are cool yeah we have a very like i guess b i don't know tonic audio probably doesn't really count as b2b that's like a is that uh, c or b no i mean they'll, they'll be working with like music labels and stuff business okay yeah. so yeah we have a pretty like b2b software heavy quarter accidental accidental but uh, rad i feel yeah. like I feel like those are gonna make some money <laughs> if you're not selling to consumers you're gonna make money. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels less fickle yeah. like yeah I don't know, maybe we're not taking enough risk, but I feel like those are all going to do great. Yeah, honestly. we're doing we're doing a fine job. Cool. Glyph, what, what, what do we, oh, I don't yeah, want to some... tip too much tea on no, Glyph. Let's see, but, a few um... updates. So Glyph, Glyph is exciting. They changed their design. They're working through a bunch of stuff. This is a great team that knows how to execute already. And so they're like, yeah. no, we expect to ship by Q3 next year. It's going to be a tight deadline. We think we can get it. We've already got like the factories online in China <laughs> to get the manufacturing done. They're solving a bunch of stuff. So enthusiastic supporters of them, really a lot of our value is going to come as they start working through the distribution and marketing. We're going to, yeah. you know, we'll hop on the phone again with those guys, but like another great updates. It's, and they're not, they're not selling anything. They're just figuring their stuff out and watching it happen in real time. It's like, oh, we like this even more. Yeah. This is, this is great, which is a, a nice, all of our companies, we haven't said that, right? Like some, some mm-hmm. updates will have, and you're like, oh, I'm not as excited about this one, but, but you've got my money. So that's fine. But when they're like, oh, you guys figured even more stuff out. I like that a lot. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. They're they're fine. I had no expectation that they were going to be able to be on shelves in like 12 months. That is a feels like a crazy pace. Pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> but pull, with this team, I trust it. Par- product in. Yeah. 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 And Glyph was the, it was the, just to, to remind you guys, it was the original Cricket team, the Cricket Cutter. Yeah. To be clear. C-R-I-C-U-T, uh, not Cricket Wireless. Yeah, yeah. they're They're coming back together because they think, you know, they were trying to solve the cutter plus, right? It's cutter plus 
printing, cutter plus printing and and making and all all like these other yeah, use cases. Etching, cutting, exist. yeah. We we describe it as the KitchenAid of the craft room. So yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's a it's an impressive. If they can pull off what is on paper right now, it's going to be huge and yeah. and quickly. I think Terran Robotics, that guy, that guy doing anything cool? I think they're working on a on a next fundraise. They're building big, big structures. It's not just him now, right? No, there's a there's a handful of them. Dude, right. they, they added they're robotics building, engineers. They're building real structures, though. They so that they are building a bigger structure. Well, there's two things happening. One, they're building like a demo structure that is like largely by hand, but they're testing finishes. So like, the the main innovation is kind of like the the drone and like yeah. AI flight to place everything. But they are also, and I don't think they like get enough credit for this, like innovating on the material side too. So it's not just traditional Adobe. They're figuring out like new ways to finish it and waterproof it and like build really some yeah. cool structures with it. So they're, they're doing some testing and Daniel Weddle, their like chief design officer is, is like sort of leading that stuff. And so they're like in their, you know, junkyard that they're based in, basically they're like building a, a like a big ass, I don't know, like 15 feet tall with like a dome Dude, I, thing. I want to like, become build a thing on my property so bad, man. We just yeah, need like rad. the, 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 Heron tribute. Yeah, they got the first permit to build like a 3D printed. They, they, it fits under the 3D printed like qualification or whatever in Indiana. And they're working on that for Habitat for Humanity, which is like a revenue producing thing. And they're just like, if they have to build 90% of it by hand and 10% with drones, they are. If they can get to 80-20, if they can get to 50-50, like so, they're doing a cool so sort of like iteration between human and drone to get keep moving that dial up i know they're talking to some like seed stage investors i don't yep. think they've closed any of those but i think they're like getting term sheets and it's showing awesome. progress and really really smart cool guys and i just yeah i love that i love that vision cool but yeah i think that's the portfolio updates what do you think of what do you think of twitter and elon Bo? i've been waiting to ask you oh god i don't know it's wild still sites still I, up you know, it's funny. It's one of these things where, like, I feel like I've had a conversation like a dozen times over the last 20 years where it's like, hey, if you have like a business that's really network effect driven like that, or that is just a runaway leader in its market and it is a software product like Google search and AdWords or something, what would it look like instead of like chasing the hundred thousand person company and the trillion dollar market cap to say like, hey, could we do it with 20 people? Could do with 50 people. Yeah. Could could you really run a super lean thing? And it's like a wild and aggressive experiment that he is like kind of intentionally pursuing to say, like, what does lean Twitter look like? And I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm kind of into it. I mean, I think it's kind of wild and very disruptive to a lot of people. And I can understand why people get in their feels about it. But I think it's going to be a really interesting experiment that, D that does he turn it into WeChat? Do we get the super app on the other side of that? I know. No. I think no. I think that super app dynamic in the u.s is just very different than it is in like the the, the in other parts of the world but i think he may make a really profitable really lean twitter that can move in directions and more quickly than actually like any tech company do, of that size do they seen. do they have mm. any advantage in like in like contextual ads because i mean honestly if their ad product got like to parody with instagram yeah like they did it. They yeah. nailed it, right? Like, because people, like, advertisers need spaces to reach people. The problem is Twitter ads suck so bad. Yep. Yeah. Can, like, is there is there enough data in my profile to give you a good idea yeah. of what I should see? You think? I yeah. think so. They, they, like, you see such good, quote unquote, good data in, like, in the algorithm, in surface tweets, in topics that you, yeah. like, they're auto-assigning you topics constantly based on your activity. Like, if you feed the algorithm 
anything. Like I think they could be doing, I get ads for like prescription drugs and like random, random yeah. shit yep. that is like not even close. Ran, random ego driven dudes promoting yeah. their own tweets and stuff. It's like, I don't want to see any of that. <laughs> yeah. No, Un Brian Breslow. I love, I love Twitter. I love, I love the network there and the product is like good enough that I can love the network without the product getting in the way. Yeah. I think there was like a different experiment going on, which is like, Hey, can you keep that network and take care of it and also make the product something that is like a first class experience? And like, I like hope so. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's what, that's what I would say is like, I hope so because like Twitter is the replacement for everything that I used to get news from. And it has been for years for me and it's never really felt, I mean, it's different things to different people because it's a network of a product, yeah, but like, yeah. I, I hope the best Twitter gets found and, and they, I, they deliver us something that like really accelerates. It'd be amazing. Like if he can cover his billion dollar a year interest payment yeah. and like live for two or three years, I think he's got a real swing at doing something cool. Unless dude, unless Apple takes him off. Yeah. App store. Yeah. That's a wild. Yeah. A little plot twist. Plot twist. Tim Cook hates you, Elon. Now what? And shouldn't have talked shit. I mean, <laughs> fuck around and find I out. Elon. Just about to say, yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of people yeah. who can like, yeah. yeah. Should have kept your mouth shut. Yeah. Fuck with Tim Cook. Yeah. I think it's a, it is another, it is another very fun drama going on in the tech space. Yeah. that is a distraction from FTX and, and, it, <laughs> and, it is, and is easily as dramatic probably if you're on the inside. And I, I hope, I hope that, I hope that they pull it off as a user that's what, that's yeah, what i yeah. would say right yeah. like i'm probably like less inclined to have too many feelings about like what it is like internally because it sounds hard and messy and whatever <laughs> but i hope what comes yeah. out the other end is like something awesome yeah. so yeah. I, I hope that for like as an elon fan too which is like a dangerous kind of thing to say these days he's got so much haters but like i it was so clean like two years ago when it was like this is the guy that did tesla he did spacex he did paypal like he's pushing like science and technological progress forward and now it's just like a little bit more like oh i kind of wish you'd stayed out of this fucking mess and like stayed tony stark but yeah he, do he does become very like very exposed here right building it yeah and it's a very different thing it's like, like there's I a lot more like feelings about it i feel like, like it's kind of like right? running for president where like now yeah. today you'd say why would anybody ever run for president it's a huge huge it mistake we're, we're back in the day it was yeah. supposed to be like oh Honorable. well you have means yeah. you should run for president so that you can help us and and like you know as, as elon stepping into this it's like dude you should never expose yourself to people that it's so much criticism so much you know so much feedback you should just stay on the sidelines let twitter slowly die right like that, that would <laughs> yeah. be a better a better outcome for you but like also he's an egomaniac and this yeah. is what's driving him and so you're like well i don't have a ton of sympathy for you and i also. like i agree that it's important right like i don't think it's i don't think it's like a quixotic attempt at anything but like chaotic <laughs> i never know how to say that word quixote don chaotic i mean i know the etymology i just don't know how to say it i only read it i don't know anybody else douchey enough to say it so i've never heard it pronounced correctly let me hear it again it's just me <laughs> no can you use it in a sentence also no what apparently is the, not what is the origin <laughs> apparently not. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna throw the a glove between you two because a thing that has come up in our life this quarter a glove between you two i don't know this he uh, is throwing the gauntlet for us a gauntlet. neither oh, yeah. of us have to throw the gauntlet because God, eric has thrown it. it for us yeah i'll slap both of you with a glove and yeah. then let oh, you two fight okay. and hide yeah right, right. Um, son of a bee because the thing that has come up in our in our fund this quarter is the concept of an uncapped convertible note mm. and we have feelings about it. We've had debates, and I think it's worth sort of exploring that for the edification of people who might be investing on their own, might see this, might not so, know what's going on. 
to borrow to borrow the words of Maya Bittner, who's a great Twitter follower. To yeah. borrow the words of Maya Bittner, I've never not regretted investing in an uncapped note. Meaning, <laughs> without fail, I mean, the problem I have with it, with investing in an uncapped note, which I've done a few because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm an early believer. And normally those uncapped notes, you have like two years. You put this money in, and then two years later, some fund comes in, and they get the same stupid deal that I get. I get 20% better, but it doesn't adequately represent the risk that I took. And, and there's some of them, that money they take at the beginning can take them to hundreds of millions of dollars in valuation at the point that you finally convert. And there's some that convert at more reasonable valuation, 20, 25 million-ish. But like, still, I'm always like, man, I, I took way more risk than what these guys did. Like, I should have just waited and invested with the people that you were willing to give a price to. And, and so that's where like, like I, I think that's kind of my stance in the in the uncapped note stage is like it doesn't adequately represent what i'm trying to do as an investor br- and reward like, me for that risk brief definition i feel like m- most convertible notes have a cap on them so yeah it's like, so, so oh go ahead no please oh, i was just gonna say what you were gonna say but i cut you off but you're gonna do it better so go ahead okay so, <laughs> so yeah so when you when you get a convertible note like when we invest in companies we either get a safe which is like, hey, here's the terms, here it is, and Y Combinator gives this stock, so we all trust and it's fine. Or you do a, what's called a convertible note, which is which is an easy one for your lawyers to pull together, and it says, I'm going to give you a million dollars. It earns a nominal, in, you know, whatever interest. So it's it's treated like a loan that converts into equity at the point that we do a round. And most of those will say, like, I'm I'm raising it, the cap is $8 million, and then I have a discount of, you know, couple percentage points where like it'll convert at eight million dollars minus 20 percent or something right and that's that's what I'm a, yeah that's so what you end up paying, rights in. You, you end up investing in that case in the company valued at 6.25 ish million dollars yeah. just eight million minus 20 well, well, that's, that's, that's like, what you end up paying for the equity yeah well the, well in a no convertible matter, note it's the cap so if they raise at a lower valuation you get it at the lower valuation yep. and and it, it works fine an uncapped note makes no mention of the valuation and you just are writing a check blindly and waiting to see what happens which i hate you Bo, might fight me back <laughs> you might find out that you invested at a 90 million dollar valuation yeah no, 2 well, years after you write a check and and these folks can show up like a fund will show up and and they'll work out the terms and say yeah this is fair we'll come in here and then you're I mean you've effectively invested at a ninety million dollar valuation minus twenty percent and you say man like when I wrote this check we did not know we were ninety million confident yeah we were ten million confident yeah and you you earned that like ten x by taking early capital you risk should, on the you company should. But, yeah, yeah you should I don't know what's your experience been with it yeah I have invested in some uncapped notes did you um, love it no i didn't oh. love it but i've never done it when the outcome of that raise and that note was providing a company with more than six to 12 months of runway and when there is it's a very different dynamic i think if it is a short-term raise from a group of people who really don't it, it, look the truth is my perspective is that like the prices don't usually get set by the founders the prices get set by the investors who are willing to set a price and I didn't want to be the guy who was going in to set a price at an early stage company. I also did not want them to take my money and like run with it with a 10 year runway. And that's why you don't see like a $20 million convertible note, but a 
500,000 or a million dollar uncapped note when you know that a company has to go into a raise and that price is going to get set in less than a year is something that I've just had more patience for, I would say, to say like, hey, look, you're going to do an A round. You're a baby little company. I want to participate now because one of the tricky dynamics with it is it's not true that you would have that opportunity to invest in a year because the fund dynamics, especially with A rounds and even seed rounds, are an investor comes in and they decide they want to do the deal. They want the whole deal. Like yeah. You don't get to participate then. It's not that it's not that, oh, now you get to participate on the same terms as 20%. It's like you're no longer invited to the party because that investor needs to own at least 20% of the company because that is how the big boy funds work. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you missed it. And so I don't like really any notes if it's that's the all you're that's all you're gonna have to do. Cause like then all of a sudden you're a dead investor, not an equity investor. But with short runway where you know another round is gonna be required by professional investors. Uh, to be honest with you, the last two or three notes that I've done that were uncapped were literally 90 to 180 day bridges where they mm -hmm. already had a likely lead. You knew the price was going to be something reasonable. -ish. Yeah, and frankly, fine. getting a 20% discount for investing four months before an A round is something that doesn't stress me out. Mm -hmm. And if they think the price, if it turns out that they think it's a 10, hey, we think it might be worth 10 and they go to market and they can get 20 four months later. Good for them is actually what I think, right? Give me my 20% discount to your 20 because I don't know the price either. And yeah. so if Sequoia or Andreessen or, or whoever tells you that that is the price and it's in a short enough time window, I've just historically been okay with it. You know, the, an example that the conversation that we had more recently with a company that's raising on, on Cap Note was much more like, hey, they may not need more money than this. If they may not need more money than this, it should never be an uncapped note. That doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? Or, hey, this might this is a round that's going to give them three years of runway or even 18 months of runway. That is a full round. You should, you yeah. know, when you're in a venture back company, you're raising every 18 months. If it's going to be a full round to get you 18 months, an uncapped note is a weird thing that doesn't make sense to me. The shorter the timeline is, just the more the, the shorter the timeline is, and the more it is clear that they have to do another round, is where I've said, like, hey, in that case. That doesn't stress me out too much. So, so it that is, actually that actually feels like a great caveat to carve into into like never do an uncapped note. It's like, yeah, man, if, if it's operating yeah. like a bridge, like a bridge note, right, or something like that, eh, that doesn't because it, because there are other reasons to do notes, right? Like notes are the paperwork is fast. It's really easy to do, and the truth is, without that money, it's very possible that that company that you are now thinking like, oh, great, I only got a twenty percent discount, they may never have gotten there. Right. They yeah. needed that bridge to get there. And so it's kind of like I, would I, you, in that scenario, would you be OK? Like because because in a no, I mean, the cap is at the it's the max valuation. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And so you could say, like, not it's not going to exceed 20. Right. Right. Like, but also you kind of don't argue with the kid with the kid at that point where they're like trying to get enough money to pay their bills for three more months because they just got to hit this one thing. Yeah, look, I, so I have, a, I have a real life example of this that you guys and almost probably everybody who would ever listen to this can appreciate. Like I actually did a note with a cap in a company that we all know and love. And it was just a super high cap. And it was for some kind of non-market reasons when they were first starting AngelList. And I was like, hey, we can't do a totally uncapped note. It was when I was at the Kauffman Foundation. We were kind of doing a program-related investment. What's a what's a cap that's like high enough that they're better terms than you would get anywhere else, but it gives us a cap? I don't think there had been a line of code or anything. It was like a napkin kind of thing to hmm. AngelList. And we put in 500000 at a $20 million cap. And no one feels bad about that today. So yeah. it was kind of like, give me a really high cap in that case. But also... That's probably a great, a great... 
you know, rebuttal of like, I love what you're trying to do. Let's align interests here. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is like, if you get misaligned interests where all of a sudden your investors are hoping for you to get a lower valuation, something is broken. And that is why like an uncapped note and something that's going to last more because, because when it's, when it's going to convert in three months or even six months, or maybe at the outside a year, you as a seed investor is like, I'm just super excited. You guys got the round done and the company yeah, yeah. exists and whatever yeah. the price is, I'm just happy to be a part of it because I'm investing because I like you and what you're doing. Yeah. As soon as it gets past that and you're like, whoa, this feels like it's been too long. Are you going out of business or are you killing it? If you're going out of business, what are you going to do? You, you lose money on early stage investing. If you're killing it and you know it and you are not getting or having to go to the market in price, that means that now I'm paying I, yeah. I'm I'm paying the toll on that. And so I, I think the time component in any notes, but specifically uncapped well, notes, st- st- is just really important. Yeah. Well, and like by the contract, it's typically like three years, right? Three years is too long. <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, that's most of the most of the notes I see are like three years because the intent is you're going to go and raise a round. Yes. And and so if you're willing to put like a three-year cap in there, Give us a little valuation. I I love the idea of like, look, man, we're not trying to price you down, but yeah. like, but like and, for us as an early stage, yeah. you know, we're saying we're saying we have to be below thirty ish. Like thirty is our top end, right? Yeah, we we go, can't find out that we invested at an eighty million dollar valuation. Yeah, that's like right. th- that's yep. not a cool thing. We can't justify that to LPs. Like that means we got screwed, basically. But well, we would never write that check knowing, e- even if they're like on the if rise. That's a scenario, yeah. We we were supposed to be early. Right. We're supposed to. That's yep. the returns we're trying. So anyway, oh, oh, I like. I actually like that. I appreciate. I appreciate that experience because it it informs my lens a little. I understand bit. why, as a founder, like you wouldn't want to overpay for capital if you don't really, really need it. I understand why you might not want to have a price round if you're like in the middle of working towards a much bigger price round. Let me tell you one in. other. I'll tell you one other personal anecdote on this. I once raised a five million dollars on a convertible note with a hundred million dollar cap for basically a company that was at a seed stage. Okay. So it was a 50% discount or a hundred million dollar cap. And the subsequent round happened relatively quickly at a price that was high, but it was not a hundred million dollars. And it created this enormous backwards looking negotiation to say like the new investors thought a 50% discount was too much right? Because it was a $100 million cap. And so like people have been mm-hmm. kind of anchored on that, but the round actually ended up happening at 60 or something. So did they pay 30, 50% of the cap when they were willing to pay a hundred uh, uh, of the round? It created this enormous misalignment of team, past investor, and new investor. And it, it was honestly like one of the grossest negotiations I've ever been a part of. What do you, what do you wish it would have been? Like what would have made it? 20% discount? A 20% discount would have made it cleaner, frankly. But I think the investor at the time would have not liked that because they would have said like, no, 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 no. It wouldn't no. have How much time had passed enough, right? in between. A very, 90 days? Oh, very small. 90 days. 90 days had passed That's, in yeah, between. 50% discount. And so a 50% to. discount for 90 days felt really weird to people. Yeah. But the opportunity to bring in that. So one version would be like, hey, you know, what? we're not going to do this new round. And instead of taking in a new 15 million that is going to let us really go and grow, we're going to not take it and hope we can get there with five. Yeah. When you're looking at that at the team, you're like, gosh, strategic investor brings on a super awesome board member. There's all of these reasons you want to take it. And you're like, but I can't take it if you want to trigger the figures. So, so which is, which is roughly to say like, 
It causes non-market decisions when the numbers get high, the discounts get big, the caps get really high, which is why it is not a trivial thing to say like, hey, just set a really high cap. Well, what's really high? Eight, 20, 50, a yeah. hundred? I don't know. I know that hundred's really high because I lived that one. I know that 20 seemed, frankly, like out of market high yeah. to me and even like Naval when we were talking about like it. And then in hindsight, ago. let me tell you, Angel List is worth a lot more than $20 million, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. So it was like, actually wasn't high in hindsight. It was just like that ended up being like a, a, a supercharged company. Yeah. And so I, I think that the, the time element of it is incredibly important because my example is very much like with 5 million, we could have lasted a lot longer than, than 90 days, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yep. But we would have sacrificed a huge opportunity to maybe go faster and grow faster. And so like, then you are forced with these decisions that are not about the company. They're not about the customer. They're it's not a- about the team. They're just finance things. And it's like, Oh, burdening a baby startup with that level of finance making decision really sucks. And a note that gets you to the point. Wait, would it, would it have helped if it was an uncapped note? Like if you got people to give you $5 million and then you just figure everything out later. Is in, that a, in, in a 90 day period, an, an uncapped note with a 20% discount absolutely would have made it super simple. But, no, but nobody had any real expectation that it would be that after $5 million, it'd be 90 days before you raise the next right. thing. Right? Yeah, you could have, we could have gone. It was, I mean, you could, you wouldn't have written that check as an investor. You wouldn't have written that check with that expectation. right? So it, it gets much more complicated because of the signaling that happens and yeah. all of the yeah. stuff in the middle where it's like, hey, let's put a $100 million cap on it and we're cool with the $100 million cap. So like, we'll de facto treat that yeah. like that's the valuation. And then all of a sudden you get there and it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Give us our 50% discount. And yeah. it's like, you're, you are right. That's just a huge burden to put on an early stage company to have to navigate those things when really like none of it's about making the company work. And so, so that, that is why I would say like a first time team that's do that's like, you know, maybe got a term sheet that they're even negotiating, but also want to talk some other investors, but they need money to survive for the next. I don't actually care if that's uncapped because there's a dynamic going on around it. That's like, Hey, look, if they lose it, whatever. If they lose yeah. all the money, if they, if they are successful getting to that round, I feel good about a 20% discount. Great. I don't, I don't want to do a bunch of uncapped convertible notes, but I think there is a time and place where like it lets teams move fast and not be burdened by their investors in a way that like, I'm just not a default. No on them. I'm a, tell me why this makes sense in your circumstance. And a lot of times it's going to be like, Oh, well that doesn't make sense for us. And in other times I'm like, totally hear you. Let's uh, make this quick and easy for you. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Al, what happened? What did convertible notes do to you? Or uncapped convertible <laughs> notes. Why, why, no, no, no. why are, I mean, my, are you so hurt? Well, I, let's see. I have I have one that I wrote a check in. You know, I was, I was very first check. Two and a half years later, big institutional money came in and and converted them, and like that just felt sucky, right? But I, but so it you was basically a, give them like a loan for two and a half years. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Like like you give them that, and then and then your your reward is twenty percent discount. I remember at the time I was just like. These are brand new guys. I, I wrote the check. I didn't even ask what the valuation was because I knew it was nothing, right? And, and like in my mind, like I was just too dumb of an investor to ask. And then and then it's like, you know, it converts at 24, 25 million-ish. And then it goes to, you know, it goes to like a billion, right? Well, you're like, man, if I got in, like we were talking like a four or five million dollar valuation when I came in, that's much different economics of like multiple. Yeah. So you me. missed 5X of whatever, 5X more on top of whatever your returns ended yeah, up right. being. Well, and like at the very beginning, right. that, yeah, the, yeah. that X, which makes a big difference in the outcome. Yeah, yeah. So like on this side, not mad. I, they, they did great by me. But like also I look at it and I say, man, I like 
I took a huge swing at you guys really early and like really believed in it. And these guys came in when like you had sales and all the stuff was figured out. And like, that's easy to write a check at that stage. Yeah. It was really hard at my stage and, and like that reward wasn't there. And then the other time I did it was, let's see, there's, yeah, there's another one wrote the check in and like, and like it immediately uh, was very, very hard startup. The, the 60 days later, the round went at like 250 million. It was like, holy crap. Way to way to go first. Well, very well done. Is this my friends and family round? Is that what I got? Is this good? You know, it's that that sort of thing. And you know, you you're, you're not mad. Wow. Like, should I have gotten a ten million dollar valuation when it's really worth two hundred fifty million dollars? No, no, probably not. But like, also, would I have written a check at two hundred fifty million? I don't know. I don't know. I think some of those are crazy. Like, I was talking to somebody recently about the Rome stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, we were investors in Rome. Like. You gave them money at like an eight hundred million dollar valuation for them to like go buy it. Like they had two or three investors that did a price round like way late. They didn't need the capital, so they offered like an insulting valuation. Like I'm not close enough to it to give any authority, but there's people who like want the logo or want to say they invested, and the founders like, I mean, if you're just gonna like give me free money, I'll take it and like go buy a compound in Arizona and like do my thing. But like, yeah, I don't think I don't think those investors like. I think the people that go into early stage stuff at hundreds of millions are doing it for non-return reasons, I guess I would say. Like maybe it's like they want to be able to tell the story. Maybe they want to be close to the founder. Maybe, I don't know. But no, like, yeah. Like if Elon goes and starts a company tomorrow, right? Like that guy, that guy is worth. I I was going to say, man, like. That's why I like our 100x rule. Because it it is such a hit driven business. Like it would have been really easy. and And I know people did. Like I've heard Cuban talk about it passed on uber at 300 million yeah too expensive what are you talking about you're just getting going you're in one city whatever and six months later six months later they're raising a three billion yeah and in a hits driven business where like everybody knows it's hits driven and like would you rather have been in a 300 million or not was it too expensive like yes and definitely not it's just messier than that right and which is one of the reasons that like i think the like even at a cap level when things are moving fast early on, it is an unfair thing to ask of most teams to go and set their own price. So you need an investor who wants to set a price, right? And so, like that—that that is their it, job. What? It, what? It, yeah, but like at an early so, like when I did when I did pretzel, right? First round, like, great. What? Are, what are you valuing it at? And you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, ten, <laughs> ten million. Right. You're trying to pick a thing that's fair for you and fair for them where you say, all right, I'll sell. What I think you're actually trying to pick for is what is like socially acceptable at the time by investors, because you're really trying Mm -hmm. to say like, hey, if I was coming out of Y Combinator, what are the terms they set? Or, hey, what's the current going rate for a seed or an A round? It has nothing to fucking do with the company. It has everything to do with what what other investors are doing. And so it's like the reverse social proof lens of like, well, other people are raising it at 12. Oh, well, the market's now other people are raising it at eight. It's so weird. It's not raising it at two. It's all made up. It's all made up in the early stages. It's like like, pit trading. Yeah, Yeah. it is not like those value. No, you're trying to offer it at a point that they'll accept, right? When it's market dynamics, your job is to charge the most that the market will bear. Yeah. And so as a a company, you're trying to price it at a point where you can do the round without leaving a bunch on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I think that early stage pricing is so messy and there has honestly been an enormous amount of innovation even in the last 15 years about flexibility and different types of funds and all this kind of stuff that like 100% get 
I'll just never do an uncapped note because they're probably not great for the ecosystem. And then absolutely, if the right team came to me and said, hey, like this is an uncapped note because we're about to close an A round and we actually think, I mean, I have lived through the, am I raising at a 12, a 50 or a hundred for the same company at the same time, depending yeah. on who you're talking to. And like, as the founder, you're like, well, a hundred is the most, wait, does this make sense? <laughs> Yeah. What, yeah. Who, who is it? And do I want to work with them? And no, 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 no. And so it's like that, like for the same thing, you have such different willingnesses to pay that I don't want to be the person writing a $50,000 check going in to tell somebody like, no, 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 you need to name the price. Well, they're like, we don't want to name the price. You name a price. Well, I, I don't want to name the price. Like, yeah. no, no, I, I want to support you. And like, I think I have high high tolerance for ambiguity for things like that would is it acceptable like because in that space where my head goes i say look we want to be a check yeah go put the round together and let us know sure which which i mean is from for us we're trying to be like early confident checks in yep right we like i hated when i was fundraising i hated the like yeah yeah go find yourself a lead and then we'll be a part of it because it's like kind of douchey and so uh, like is that because they need a lead or is it because they need a value? Like, ju- just like, I'm not going to set terms, but like, if the terms are set and they're saying. No, I mean, my, I mean, like, yeah, if you can do these, this rolling angel round, a lot of it, though, is like the momentum that a lead brings. Like yeah. a $500,000 check means, oh, we're actually doing this. Yeah. And without that, it's like, well, we got well, I don't a lot give you two weeks of 25K runway. checks that might do it. We'll yeah. see. And I was part of both of those. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Look, I, on the investor end, I've definitely been on the like, Oh hey, you need a price to go and raise the round. I'll set your price for you. Sure, let's go. I've done that many okay. times. Like, but how did I set the price? Like, you're raising two million bucks. You're early, early stage. You're let's eight. take a price that feels <laughs> yes. It is literally pulling it out of the air, putting it on paper, so that they have something to yeah. go and shop. And I don't want to actually like. A, it is a thing that I did in order to help that founding team so yeah. that they could say, hey, we've got this guy, Bo, who's willing to invest at this price on these terms. Now you got a thing to go and shop. Well, yeah. So when you shouldn't take that $2 million, if you're giving up half the company, but like what's adequate at this stage? You'll say yes. 20%. We'll yes. just do that. 20, 25. And, yeah. I don't know. I, I think like I have a lot of empathy for like how hard that process is of, I need a price to raise, but I need a raise in order to get a price. And just the way that those, those, conversations goes like i don't love being an investor that says cool we'd love to participate once you get a lead okay actually you know once you get a lead and they're a blue chip and i know yeah, yeah. they're not because well, the truth is when you get there like no they don't need no you room. anymore but, no room. but also no room. you you don't it, yeah it's not a it's not a like by by putting a price on your note does not mean that you're like that right right and so, and so it's funny because like in, in the year we've been doing this, this is the first uncapped note that's come in front of us, right? It's yeah. not, it's not super right. common. Normally it comes, in my experience, it comes from like very confident founders that are like, look, man, you're lucky to be in here. Yep. I'll give you a shot. But like, but like, you don't you don't get to say what's going to happen. And it's sort of like, if you want the logo, you go with it and, it, and it's fine. Or yep. like what I'm hearing you say is that, is that there's enough room for some empathy for that for that moment? Like pause and and consider it. We should not say we'll never do an uncapped note, right? There there may be circumstances where it, where it makes a lot of sense. I think I think as a rule, you know, leaving it open where where none of our risk is guaranteed to be rewarded. We should try and lobby against that. Yeah. But but I think I'm with I you. I think I'm yeah. with you. Where it's like, man, yeah, let's if 
if you came to me with a buddy that was like, this is why this makes sense, we're, we should do it for him. I say, yeah. yeah, for for the one that we looked at for what it's worth, I actually think like poking on it a little bit, like it actually probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. But if they can get it from somewhere, fantastic. That said, I don't have like a perfect appreciation for the circumstances and they could yep. tell me one or two things and I could have one or two conversations that would change how I think about it, which is why like. I don't I don't put it in the bucket of a thing that I'm religious about as much yeah, as yeah. a thing that like deserves more homework. That's and, fair. And like, yeah. anyway, yeah. whatever. You've talked me down from my religious zealotry. <laughs> <laughs> I was a Zionist movement. You yeah. know, I'm generally resistant to religious zealotry of all kinds. <laughs> and that like yeah. includes uncapped convertible notes. Is this out, the so. holiday time? Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. What's yeah. well, good? We're, so ratified ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. No conclusion. Ratified nuance. Nuanced approach. It's a long podcast. It's a long podcast. We're almost done. And is there Shake Shack in the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Al's Al's, uh, waning quickly. We need to get him some shake. Oh, you could have had a half a quesadilla. I know, I know, I know. I could have. I could (laughs) have. You got Um, pie in there. You were too too selfless. All right, we'll very quickly go through like a a couple fun growth things and then we'll wrap it and we'll go to Shake Shack. My most exciting update on the LP side is we've got a... Our first family office commit. Huge, yeah. Huge news. Huge news. Way to go, Which, Eric. I feel like. Guys, we, you'd be so proud of us. We have a we have a deck now. We yeah. do have a deck. Yeah, yeah we this do. Is, I mean, when we started, we did not expect to put this kind of effort. And this was a full Saturday, at least. <laughs> Look, we have at least at least two other family offices that I know who are like excited to meet with us after like looking at the deck. Yeah. So like we didn't even do a terrible job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the, the yeah. deck is, the deck is good. The deck is better good. than we thought like, it was At be. the beginning, we're like, ah, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to make investments. It's going to happen. And now it's like, we kind of really wanted this to do a good job. We want to yeah. do a good job for you guys. Yeah, we're, we're leveling it all up. We got, yeah. We're going from like Notion website to real website. We're going from like memo to deck. Let we're, me just say like very importantly, I think that a reason that we are even having those conversations that we are finding that we are seeing better and more deal flow than we can effectively participate in right now. And like when you're in that spot with no interest in going to raise a hundred million dollars and being like really grown up fund managers, but the ability to actually pursue the thesis of like helping great founders who are building cool things, just we could with two or three times the resources we could actually do two or three times as much good stuff and i think that's an awesome thing to feel good about yeah we're we're a year in to we have like 12 15 great companies that i think we are impressed by like the quality of and we have never once been told that we are hitting anywhere near like an allocation cap yeah nobody's been like hey that check's too small can you give us like you know can we go 50 grand less can we squeeze you out of anything and so i feel like you know we know that we can basically double or triple the size of the fund still we think provide great returns be even more useful to founders by writing like bigger checks and less calls and it's exciting to i mean all of our investors so far have been kind of individuals and it's exciting to sort of start working with like institutions and fund of funds and family offices that being said we're still a like our cap is still three to five ish right yeah like like we're we're not we we have no intention of being like a big fund in fact that's one of our our selling points like we're an evergreen first-time fund. We're not going to do three million and then go raise fifty. We we want to be this size all the time. That's been an interesting, I think, journey over the last year. I feel like we we started just kind of like without really thinking about a position. Our position in like the the market, the investor-facing market, we kind of came at it as like we're angels that have been doing well and our track record's good, and we like working with founders and sort of meeting other fund managers and seeing everybody else out there. You're kind of and and like hearing what. LPs complain about in other funds and like watching GPs like 
break their own models. Like they have yeah. killer first funds and then they go out and raise one that's 10x the size. They have to change their strategy. They have to hire people. They overraise yeah. their deal flow or their solo GPs that just like can't scale their networks. Like it, there's just not enough time in the day. And so I feel like there's some there's some secret sauce and people are responding to, hey, we're three partners. We're part time. We have very different networks. We have a hard cap on our fund at like 5 million and we will provide those like first fund kind of returns with like minority checks into 100x companies forever. And the real test will be like when we're at 5 million and somebody offers us five more and we will have to say no. And like, I hope. Oh, but what a baller we do feeling that. that'll be like, yeah. no. No, we'll just power trip on it instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We look on the bright side. More. Yeah, I think the, the reason that I know I don't want to go do the big fun thing is because as soon as you get on that wagon, you spend actually a lot of time raising money. Yeah. And like, that's one of those things that people don't ever talk about, about no. venture capital in general is like th everybody thinks of them as capital allocators, but actually they are like fundraisers with a whole lot of their time yeah. and they are going around to me with endowments and yeah. foundations and high net worth and blah, blah, blah. And like the getting on the fundraising train is not a thing that no. I, I, <laughs> I want to be in. Do yeah, yeah. I just don't, yeah. I don't want to be on it. And like, we have enough resources just amongst ourselves to do the kind of investing we want. And so it's like, hey, who, who else wants to be a the, part of what rolling, we're doing anyway? The rolling fund is fun because it's like, whatever you guys give us, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're going to put in. And uh, let's see. Maybe it'll be 50K checks. Maybe it'll be 200K well, so checks. That depends, being said, depends who shows up. If you know a family office that would like to write us a, a nice little check to go into like really early companies yeah. and, you know, be a part of this, Eric will take that meeting. And we did recently learn that we can offer a quarterly vintage diversification, which I did not know is a thing that family offices and LPs care about. But oh, what does that mean? Um, it, it, like that if you give $2 million to a traditional fund that you have no idea where in those 24 months you're going to allocate it. And if you're like running a big portfolio, you really want to know what money is oh, getting deployed yeah. where and when and when your capital calls are going to be. We say no every three months. And we say vintage. like, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to wire us a quarter million dollars in the first of every quarter. And like, it's going to get deployed more or less in that quarter. And so you can like sort of underwrite that and like fit it into your model a little more easily. So it's another like accidental benefit of rolling. You're welcome, it's family cool. offices. Yeah. And welcome. also thank you, AngelList. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's pretty awesome. That's um, pretty awesome. Yeah. Rolling funds continue to like impress and amaze as, as a vehicle. So cool. Well, happy almost. We, we, next year, next podcast, we'll be celebrating our one year anniversary. But Merry this is wrapping up our happy fourth Christmas, quarter. Everyone. Happy Christmas to us all. I'm going to go buy you guys some gifts and gently and some, let's go get some Shake Shack. Love it. Let's do it. Love it, love it. I like that we both left Eric hanging with the hat. We could have grabbed one, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, you will also love all of the previous episodes of Rolling Fun with Bo and Al. There are three more to go back to, previous quarters, previous stories, previous companies. And... We also have a, an episode with Brett Koff, the founder of Omela, which is a company that we mentioned in this podcast. So if you want to learn more about Omela, more about Brett and his sort of customer-driven product iteration approach, go learn from him. He's a wonderful guy. I've known him a long time. It's a great interview and I think an underrated approach to building a very valuable company. Please check out the Founders Podcast and give well to sponsors that make this show possible. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to learn and invest alongside us in these exciting startups and many more to come, please visit rolling.fun or email me to learn more. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you hanging out with us today. This is all about laughing and learning, building leverage, and compounding our faces off. 
what our brains aren't evolved to comprehend is how much leverage is possible in modern society. There's a revolution going on, man. Uh, go pay attention to it. Get a part of it. Get exposed to it. You're going to make money along the way. You're going to have fun. The call to adventure. This is the new form of leverage. Take a few quiet moments for yourself, breathe deep, and be well. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.